you're listening to the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast, discussing the future of employee wellbeing. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Ian Hogg, Chairman of FastPay, the Ethical Salary Advanced app, and today we are going to discuss financial wellbeing with Laura Conning. Laura is the founder of CityGate Mortgages, and she has an interesting business model, which we're seeing more and more of. This is where people still have a profit motive, but invest a large amount of their time in doing social good. Welcome, Laura. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Yeah, you, you, you're back in the groove and um, sticking to your resolutions? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure sticking to them is necessarily the right word, <laughs> but um, aiming to go that way, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm going to try and see if I can uh, make sure that I have time to develop myself, really. Um, I know that 2021 is going to be a really busy year, and often that's something I find that falls by the wayside. So uh, I'm going to really try and carve out some time on a regular basis just to focus on that. Um, but but that and also to continue uh, running in the morning, even when it's really cold and wet. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm impressed. I, I, I don't have the willpower to stick to running in the morning, certainly past about January the 2nd, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, so so good on you. Um, let, let's start, Laura, with your, your business model. Like I, I said in the sort of header here that, you know, we're seeing this more and more where companies, you know, they've they've got a profit motive, they, they need to make money, they're selling selling a product or software, um, but they are investing in doing social good. And in, in the case of this podcast, we're talking employee well-being. Can you, can you talk me through, you know, how you started CityGate, um, what makes you different from the competitors, and, you know, and a bit more about that, that business model? Yeah, um, so I left um, a banking career and decided to set up on my own. Um, I've been talking to people about how to improve their finances pretty much my entire career, but only now I can do it without being tied to one company and their products, um, which was the reason for kind of um, setting up the financial wellness scheme. Um, I believe that CityGate is different in lots of ways. Um, we offer a financial wellness scheme, which is about understanding people's goals and ambitions, but actually how do people get themselves to that place? It's not just about their mortgage needs, but if they were to take out a mortgage, the fact that we've been there all the way along their journey to help set them up with their savings pots to build that deposit, for example, helps my clients understand that I'm in this to help them achieve the best possible outcome for them. It's not just about how much money is in it for me. Yeah, fine. So, so, so we're just on the the product itself, and we'll come back to the well well being uh, element of it. So you're you're suggesting that if I needed to, you know, my objective was to get a mortgage, you would start a couple of steps earlier with well, you need to save a deposit, you know, and and how is it best to do that? Is is that what you were suggesting there? Yeah, and it's not just about a mortgage either. It could be any particular goal. So um, I was talking to a lady. Uh, a couple of days ago about how she wants to move house but ultimately she needs to make sure that she can set up her future for her husband and so we were talking about how much money she would need not only for her her home and her goal to move house but also then how much money would she need to manage her lifestyle um, now as well as in retirement um, unfortunately her husband um, has been diagnosed with um, a debilitating disease and he won't be able to work anymore in the in the coming years so it was how do we make sure that number one the house that she wants is okay for them longer term but then also how do we make sure that she's got enough money saved 
so that she can support herself and her husband over the years and into retirement. So it's, it's not just about a mortgage need. And that's very much what this is all about. It's about understanding what people are trying to do and how and what they, you know, where they want to go to and, and how do they get to that point. Um, so it's, it's, it's holistic, not just about mortgages. Okay, cool. And on the social, the the, the well well being element of it, um, what what do you call your 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 sort of service that you give employers there? And then can you talk me through what what that entails? So it's I call it a, a financial wellness scheme. Um, and for me, it's kind of um, going into businesses, offering it as a free of charge service to understand not only people's individual needs, but then also to understand what the gaps are from an an education perspective and and kind of try and provide either webinars at the moment, especially, um, or seminars when we can get to to -to face-to-face engagement, as well as um, providing access to information about different subjects, which are often very confusing and, and a bit, dare I say it, complicated on purpose really um from a financial services perspective so it's 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 tailored sessions but then also education around various different types of subjects that people might not be aware of or or not know the detail behind and when you say tailored sessions does that mean one-to-one and 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 you know the education is webinars i mean just give me just a little bit more detail on that one laura what Yeah, so it's about the demand. So if people want to sit down on a one-to-one basis, then I'm happy to do that. Um, And that way you can create a much more tailored and personal plan. And then people tend to open up a bit more around their their circumstances. You know, you've got to be able to trust somebody to be able to do that in the first place. Um, But then if you add that alongside um, webinars with content, as well as seminars, um, newsletters, access to information sources, that type of thing, then you can kind of let people pick and choose what they want to engage with um, and then take that away. And then if they're ready, then they want to speak to somebody in a bit more detail, then they can do that too. Yeah, fine. And and if you were talking about web, what sort of content would you would you cover? Um, you know, is, is it all about financial products or is it about, you know, how, how to run a budget and things like that? Would, yeah. you, would you go to that level? A- absolutely. It's, it's whatever anybody needs, really. So budgeting, yes, absolutely. Um, things like credit scoring is often really, really uh, shrouded in mystery, and but it has such a massive impact if things go wrong. And often people don't understand the length of time that it impacts them for or what they can do to try and fix it. So it's, it's things like that type of um, information. It's Sometimes it's product-based. So Investing and pensions, again, are, are particularly shrouded in, in mystery. I think if people feel like they have to pay for advice, they often don't. So they they won't necessarily go and do that. But I know for a fact investing, for example, there are so many platforms you can go out now, go out to and, and, and do your own research and understand a bit more and be comfortable and make your own decisions. Um, but people just don't have that confidence to be able to do that. Um, something else that's really new, um, you know, innovation in the financial services is, is open banking. Um, now, I, I talk to pe- most people about that and they, they give me a blank look on their faces. And yet most people have got it through their banking services. They can they can uh, take advantage of that. Um, and that's that was introduced by the Competitions and Markets Authority. So it was about trying to increase competition into the market and make products more um better place for people to take advantage of rather than than just going to their bank and and taking what they're offering so there's a whole range of subjects you can talk about 
Um, obviously, I'm not regulated to give investment or pensions advice, but I can point people to to resources where they can find that information out for themselves. Yeah, I, I think the, the open banking one, you with FastPay, where we, we see ourselves at the forefront of some of those those initiatives, and um, I, I I I agree, it's quite complex. You know, it took us a lot of time to get our heads around it, and uh, we see products where, for instance, it'll give you a credit score on a on a banking app and tell you whether you can borrow more, and um, and it's quite you know if you're not expert on it, it could be I could. It could be well, it's confusing to me. So I, uh, you know, and I'm in the industry, so I can imagine it's quite confusing for a lot of people. Um, uh, do you find that in, in practice? Do you find people are, you know, uh, do you know do struggle with the, with the technicalities or, or the technical level of these products? And yeah, the, 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 without a doubt, that that's the, it's the detail that sits behind it. You might have a, an overall knowledge about something, um, but often um, it, it is the detail, and and I think. That can create fear inside people, um, and and then that means they don't do anything. Um, so the education piece is so important because it actually helps to build that confidence to make those those leaps of faith into products that or, or schemes that might be better for them. Um, you know, without having that that kind of yeah, as I said confidence and handholding to be able to get to that point. Okay, and and going back to your model, so if you if you were to engage with a company. You know what would the what would the sort of first level of engagement? You know, let's suppose I'm running a company. I've got a hundred employees, um, and I come and ask you for some help. Yeah, you know, how how do you start with us? Where you know, how do you get involved with, with my team? So I tend to be very collegiate about my approach, and um, what fits for one company doesn't fit for for another. Um, so I will often speak to the business owner um, um, and understand exactly what they believe the need is. Um, and then we kind of take steps to, to implement a program. Um, often it's about raising awareness initially about what the, the service could could be um, available. Um, some people like to send out kind of a um, an idea of, of what, number one, what service is, is going to be and how much people would like to take advantage of it before they actually make a decision as to whether or not they want to proceed. Um, so, so as I said, it's very, again, tailored to each individual company, but often I find that email, um, an email initial, uh, exp- explanation to kind of understand exactly what I do is, is a starting point. Um, and then kind of we follow it up. If there's an intranet, then, um, we're kind of advertising there on a, on a regular basis of, of what the service is and how people can take advantage of it. Um, regular newsletters can really help kind of drive engagement as well um, with information that kind of is useful to people and might make them feel that they're, they're going to want to get some value out of it. Um, but I think with lots of employee benefits, you know, initially it takes a while to build up that um, engagement with people and, and visibility is, is massively important in that. And, and the more aware that people are of the service, then the more likely it is that they're going to take advantage of it. Um but I find and, that, that going, sorry, um, I was just going, you go, you go. going on site and, and sitting in offices as well. Um, again, when we get back to that kind of um, lifestyle game um, is it, really, really important because people see you. Yeah. So is it, so it's more self-service for the, for the, you know, colleagues and employees, is it then, then um, for instance, you know, you book, book out the company meeting room and, and then, 
take everybody, you know, everybody has to attend and gets taken through it. It's more voluntary and people request the support rather than um, you go and speak to everybody. Yes, but again, it depends on what the company need is. So um, I'm working with one firm at the moment where um, it's been very much on email, very much remote, obviously with lockdown and everything, it's been quite difficult to kind of be face to face and visible. Um, but um, so we're going through that and um, and the engagement's been really, really strong. Um, and then in the new year, we're going to put in regular slots in the diary so that I'm on the premises so we can do presentations and seminars to groups of people, um, as well as then having times either side of that to slot in for individual sessions. Um, so it, it's kind of, you know, what, what people believe that their staff need, um, as well as, um, you know, what I think I can, uh, how I can add value, really. And do you find that, thanks, Laura, do you find there's a sort of uh, reticence to sort of open up for people, you know, um, you know, we're British, we're very reserved, you know, we don't like talking about about money. Is that is that a challenge that you come across? Or do you think people are a bit more liberal nowadays? Um, I think if they understand who you are, what your credibility is like, um, do they trust you? That's why visibility and being face-to-face is really important. A lot of my meetings I do over Zoom because, again, you've got that face-to-face interaction. Um, I've, I've often felt that if people know that you're, you are who you say you are and you're going to be able to help them, they'll, they'll tell you anything um, most of the time. Um, obviously, some people are more guarded than others, but, um, but yeah, I think if, if your motive is to help, then people will understand that and therefore open up. So, yeah. Okay, good, 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 good answer. And, and what sort of companies are taking you up on your advice? Um, so a big range, really. Um, I'm finding it's less about industry and more about the culture and um, and the owners and, and the leadership team. And, and if they really see that connection between um, employee engagement and a successful and growing business, then they'll want to talk to me. Um, if, if they don't, then then they just don't. <laughs> um, so, you know, the range of companies I've got at the moment um, relationships with anyway is uh, I'm dealing with a solicitors firm. Um, I've got manufacturing companies and there's a brand agency. Um, so and then and, and also, you know, service led companies. So it's it's really about the people at the top that are running the business um, as to whether or not the, the detraction comes and, and people actually buy into the service, I find. And do you think it's a bit binary? I mean, I, you know, we find this at Fastpay, it's a bit binary. There's companies that take it seriously, financial well-being and employee well-being, and others that just say, it's not my problem and I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, fine, you find the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit black and white, isn't it, where we find, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, um, okay, listen, I, I, I don't know if you heard the last podcast we, we published, but we I was speaking to Darren Laberton uh, about, you know, not a dissimilar business model. And he raised the concern that um, plenty of people say they're financial wellbeing specialists, but they're, they're, you know, that they're pitching a product, which, you know, you're quite openly doing. And he didn't have an issue with people selling a product, it was, but he, what he did have an issue with was um, people that would, you know, the, where the product wasn't actually improving the lot of the employee. And, you know, they were just sort of, if you like, greenwashing their, um, greenwashing their their product with, with a financial well-being tag um do you do you see that do you agree with him you know how do you make sure that you're always um looking after the well-being of the employee yeah i know i 
over the years, I've been looking at this and, and kind of um, understanding where some companies are very much kind of trying to sell a, a solution to to a problem that isn't necessarily solution based necessarily. Um, so for me, it's about um, and and the way I work, I try and make sure everything is very transparent. It's um, it's about being there for the longer term. And as I said earlier, you know, people need to trust you to to open up about their finances. So I give my time for free and I'm not getting paid for any of the products that we discuss unless it's their mortgage or protection needs. So I offer support to everybody who believes they need it, regardless of whether I will or in the future might sell a mortgage or, or a protection. Um, so it, it's really about making the most of the income you receive rather than earning more. Um, but the whole of the financial services industry is is very much reputation led. And, you know, ultimately, if I'm not giving or adding value to people and it's not helping them then then I won't get you know more companies involved which is absolutely what I want what I want to do so this is very much you know I give up I I just don't get paid for most of the stuff that I do so (laughs) yeah it's absolutely not about selling as many products as possible yeah and and presumably yeah it's it's heavily regulated when you do sell something Yes, absolutely. I'm regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority to talk about mortgages and, and protection cases, which I don't know if you've ever been involved in that sort of thing, but the paperwork that goes with it is, is astronomical. So um, so absolutely, I have to be able to justify everything I, I talk about. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do know what you're talking about, and you're correct. But um, no, you know they they do a good job, and they you know they're they're there to protect, aren't they? So, yeah, a few few forms, I suppose, is a small price to pay. Um, so so fine. To listen, I think we've explored the model pretty pretty thoroughly there, and um, and and a little bit about the employers. I'd, I'd like to hear a bit more about the employees. Um, you know what's you know, what what what's your sort of opinion on the level of financial education or awareness that you encounter when speaking to employees? I mean, I, I was interested in the mix of people you're speaking to, so solicitors and um, like marketing agencies, as well as more traditional blue collar jobs like manufacturing. What what so talks to me about what you're seeing out there and and how you know how how well you know how well educated people are on finances? Um, I think it's it's often linked to experience really um, more than anything um if you've moved house a lot you understand more than if you're a first-time buyer and it's the same with most financial products um I, I find most of the time it's apathy um because people don't have the time or inclination to, to shop around on a regular basis um and and how often do people stop and look at their finances and consider how it's linked to to what they want to achieve um Often people don't just sit down and think, right, okay, I'm going to review my finances and think, are these all all these different things helping me get to where I need to get to? Um, So I think it varies hugely, and and it's it's not necessarily even you know sort of blue collar companies versus other companies. I think it's just down to either your own personal experience of of what you've been through, um, or you know, kind of what you haven't been through. And, and age and experience is all mixed into that, really. Um, I'm not sure if that answers the question properly. <laughs> no, listen. I think it, it does. It, it does at one level. I suppose the what probably what I was looking for is whether you think that, um, regardless of how they got that uh, education, do you think that 
you know in, enough people are educate you know have, have the experience and education to be able to manage their day-to-day finance or do you think there's a short shortfall in that sort of skill set yeah I, I think there is because it goes back to that whole kind of um you know financial services being being purposely complicated and confused um and people's lives are really, really busy and stressful and, you know, trying to juggle a hundred billion things most of the time. So I think having the time to sit down and research these things so that you really understand what each company is offering is, is a big ask. Um, and, and often that's why people make decisions and don't necessarily fully understand all of the repercussions behind them. Um, so, so yeah, and, and it's, there are so many different types of products and, and they're all different to your, individual circumstances which is why it's often so much easier to sit down and talk to somebody and understand what they're trying to achieve before you before you make even suggest something to someone okay there's a, there's a lot of coverage in the press about you know um people that have got actually that that uh, are not just saving for the future they're trying to dig themselves out of a hole in the, the present um you know they've got um you know uh, debt problems do you come across that a lot do you um or do you stay clear of that and, and put them on to debt advisors um so i guess it depends on where they're at in the stage of of that kind of journey um i think often people tend to bury their head in the sand which is why the whole credit scoring um you know issue comes up because people don't necessarily realize that if they tackle these problems head on it's a lot easier to deal with than if they they just pretend they're not happening. Um, but that's linked to embarrassment and all sorts of other feelings. So, you know, I, I completely understand why, why it happens. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. If, if they're in a position where, you know, they're looking to try and um, consolidate a, a relatively small level, um, then, then it's something I'll, I'll try and help with. If they've got to the point where they need specialist advice, then obviously that's where I would point them because, I can't help with with situations like bankruptcy or, or IVAs. I can help once you're out the other side of it, but um, you know, and and perhaps I could make suggestions if that was necessary um, to to make that happen. But yeah, it's um, that's a really really difficult one to fix. But I try and get people to understand where they're at and 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 take responsibility for that, no matter how difficult without sort of judging or or you know not having any sympathy yeah i think what's interesting with if you go back to the employers at the moment is quite often when we speak to people about you know financial well-being strategy they think it's all about it's only about helping people that have got themselves into problem debt um and um you know, I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on whether you think that the strategy should be wider than that. I, I probably know the, <laughs> what your answer will be. But um. a- Absolutely. Um, financial wellness for me isn't, as I said earlier, solution-led. It's about how do you make the most of what you're earning. It's not about earning more or necessarily or or getting a pay rise. Um, it, it's just about understanding what you have and how do you make it stretch as far as it can stretch whilst making sure you have a really decent lifestyle. So it's it, it goes down from the lowest paid to the highest paid. You know, nobody, everyone is different about their, their, the way they manage their money. And even you could be earning sort of, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds and still be awful at managing it. So it's absolutely not linked to salary or, um, or, or debt. It's about how you manage your money more than anything. Yeah, no, well, well said. Okay, and then you know, so we're just entering the new year. Um, 
you know, 2021, I'm sure we're all pleased to see 2020 go. <laughs> how, how do you see the this year developing for CityGate? Are you, is it just carry on the same or have you got new offerings you're going to bring out? So, yeah, I'm, for me, it's just about um, trying to approach as many people as possible to, to get this out there. I, I don't see anybody else doing what I'm doing Um because I think probably it's uh, not necessarily the most profitable model in the world. Um, but um, so, yeah, it's, it's really growing, growing that, that offering to, to everybody that, that wants to take up, take it up and, and, and kind of, you know, really trying to, to grow the business from a staffing level so that um, it means it's, it can be provided to, to larger firms um, as well. So that's my goal for, for CityGate for next year. Absolutely. And if if some of our listeners are working for companies that want this sort of help, they you're happy to hear from them, are you? Absolutely. I can I can tailor anything to anyone. So um, yeah, I, I just need the demand really. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, ho- hopefully some of our listeners will, will help you with that. So as as we come towards the end of the the podcast, there's one question I like to ask all our guests, and, it, and it's about what what you're reading or listening to at the moment that's giving you most inspiration at the moment. Um. So. One book I refer to a lot um, at the moment is a, a book by Vex King. Um, it's called Good Vibes, Good Life, How Self-Love is the Key to Unlocking Your Greatness. Um, so it's, uh, it's linked to kind of um, how you vibrate in, in, the, um, in the universe and how your positive vibrations impact you um, in, a, in a really positive way and how often negative um, vibrations can can do the opposite so it's just about being self-aware enough to be able to think okay you know these things are happened to me and how do I pick myself up and move on and and really kind of take things forward and I think as a, as a business owner and for most people this year um, that's a really key message as, as to how do we how do we pick ourselves up dust ourselves down and and move into 2021 and and really make it a success so so yes yeah, it's, it's I love it <laughs> Oh, fine. I, I'll ask you to send me the link on that one afterwards, Law, and I'll and I think we'll, we might publish it on the um, on on the website with the podcast. Um, right. It sounds like a, a great book. And um, where can listeners um, find you? How can they get in touch? Um, so you can either go to my website, which is um, citygatemortgages.co.uk, or my email is Laura at citygatemortgages.co.uk, or my mobile, um, which is zero seven three eight four. Excellent. Thank you. Listen, thank you, Laura. That was a great contribution to our debate. Um, I shall keep an eye on CityGate and look forward to seeing how you progress this year. Um, Listen, thanks everyone else for listening. And if you'd like what you heard and haven't done so already, please can you subscribe to our weekly podcasts, which can be found by searching Workplace Wellbeing on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, Laura.